Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into my show. My name is Amber Magania, and you're listening to Biotech Tuesday. Today, I'm setting out to answer the question, how can biotechnology be used to better understand the COVID-19 pandemic? And to answer that question, I thought I'd bring in some help. Hi, Amber. That's Matthew Jacob, and I thought I'd ask him to help me with this project because of his own background in the sciences. Wow. I Yeah, thanks for asking me to help out with this project, Amber. Um, my background in the sciences is not necessarily with, uh, we'll say, the living in biology. I am working on my PhD in polymer science and engineering. I'm about three and a half years in. So it sounds like we're trying to answer some questions as to how biotechnology can be used today. What is biotechnology? Biotechnology is the use of technology to understand life from agriculture to forensics to medicine. Biotechnology has helped protect and advance our world. Wait, what do you mean? Can you give me some examples? Sure. Let's start with agriculture. Did you know that the Hawaiian papaya almost went extinct? What? Yep, but advancements in biotech led to the development of GMOs, which kept this delicious fruit on our tables. Biotech also revolutionized the forensics industry with the invention of DNA profiling. Oh, that's right. And in medicine, some examples of biotechnology include transplants, antibiotics, stem cells, and all medical devices, really. Whoa, wait a second. So that's got to be why we're here today, because clearly biotechnology can be incredibly useful in helping us sort of get through this whole crisis at hand right now, right? Right. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. How can biotechnology help with the COVID-19 crisis? But before we can answer that, there are some more basic things we need to understand first. We're dealing with the virus, so we need to know what is a virus? How do they work? And what can we do to keep a virus from spreading? To make sure we get these answers right, we decided to call an expert. Hello, Jacob and Amber. That's Dr. Randy Sheckman, professor of molecular biology at the University of California in Berkeley. In 2013, Randy received a Nobel Prize in medicine and physiology. So we figured he might know a thing or two about how viruses work. Oh, and he's my uncle too. The first thing we wanted to know from Dr. Sheckman was, what is a virus? And how do they affect our bodies? Okay, a virus is a kind of a semi-living thing. It's not, it's not a viable organism. It can only uh, replicate itself when it's inside of a, of a host, of a living cell. So most of the most of the living cells on Earth uh, can be infected by uh, very specific viruses. There are even there are viruses that infect bacteria, for instance. Bacteria, even? Oh my gosh! No cell is safe. That's right. These things are everywhere. Well, what are we even supposed to do about this? How how do these things work? Keep listening. He's about to tell us. So a virus consists of. Um, piece of uh, genetic material. It's either DNA or RNA, and it's wrapped up in a coat. The coat is um, made of proteins, and that's um, what the virus uses to attach itself to cells and then to be taken up inside the cell where the coat is stripped off and the nucleic acid is copied. 
and the copies are used to um, make the proteins that the virus needs to uh, make more copies of itself. Um, what? Okay, let's break it down a little. So when he says that a virus is semi-living, he's highlighting the fact that a virus is literally not alive until it finds a host. Not alive? So dead? Nope, just not alive. They literally just exist, not doing anything, floating around as invisible packets of proteins and nucleic acids, that's DNA or RNA, but things get interesting once they find a living host cell. As Randy pointed out, viruses can't make copies of themselves, so they attack a host and latch on, forcefully injecting its own DNA or RNA into the living cell. Once the host cell has been infiltrated, the virus uses its own nucleic acids to make the proteins it needs to replicate until the whole cell bursts or a new virus naturally leaves the host cell without causing damage. Okay, so what happens after it's successfully done replicating? Um, different viruses <clears throat> infect different um, tissues in our body and can cause different degrees of, of disease. Some are you know, not so serious, like the common cold. Um, that's something that we can deal with. Common cold is basically um, one of four different kinds of coronavirus. And these four coronaviruses are not so dangerous. Now, that last part obviously sounded totally bonkers because this dang COVID-19 kicked me out of school. So we asked Randy to explain why this new coronavirus is so much worse. They, they can uh, undergo many different kinds of mutations that change the proteins particularly change the proteins that constitute this coat. And, and those changes uh, make the, the, the virus distinct so that um, if you um, have, have an infection with a cold virus, you, you have um, your body's defenses, the immune system, will develop um, an immunity against the cold virus. It doesn't last very long, but even while it lasts, those immune defenses don't recognize the SARS virus or the SARS-CoV-2 virus because of the coat having changed often during um, evolution in some other organism and some other animal. Okay, so those virus proteins I mentioned earlier, those make up the coat that Randy is talking about. The proteins on COVID-19 have been changing their shape as they infect millions of different organisms, making it difficult for a body's immune system to recognize and combat the virus. Okay, so we understand how it works now, but what happens when you actually get the virus? It seems to affect many different organs and tissues in your body. It seems to cause your blood clotting system to become overly active, so patients suffer from blood clots, and that can be very dangerous and lethal. National reports are just as grave as Randy's explanation. Some folks infected with COVID-19 exhibit severe flu-like symptoms, while others have seen organ failure and even blood clots that keep oxygen from reaching the brain. Wow, that is terrifying. Is there anything we can even do about these symptoms? That's where biotechnology comes in. What do you mean? How exactly can biotech help with this pandemic? Well, all medical technology is biotechnology. Think of ventilators. They're a perfect example of biotechnology literally keeping someone alive. Everything being used by doctors and nurses to analyze a patient's needs and provide medical assistance are examples of biotechnology being used for medical treatment. Okay, I think I understand how we can treat these coronavirus symptoms now, but 
are we able to just get rid of it altogether? Is there a cure? There isn't a cure quite yet, but we'll get there eventually. That requires us to make a vaccine, and that can take a while. Okay, well, what is that, and how does a vaccine even work? Vaccines work by promoting the body's natural response to a virus. So let's go back to Randy and find out how our own immune system fights back. And so when a virus infects a host, uh, the immune system is um, mobilized, and it starts to uh, attack the virus. Um, but um, after a few weeks, what, what the host does is it produces a series of molecules called antibodies. Randy goes on to tell us that these antibodies, which develop in our blood as children, come in all different shapes and combinations. Once our body can recognize which antibody molecule matches the coating of the virus, the immune system begins to duplicate that same antibody and use it to attack the virus molecules. A vaccine is meant to kickstart that same antibody response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you get a good... Um, so right now they're developing vaccines in different ways, and the vaccines are made... There are different strategies to make a vaccine, but basically the strategy is to use the, the major coat um, on the surface of the virus. Either the entire coat or pieces of the coat are presented to, to the immune system without the virus, just this, just the coat itself. <clears throat> so then after, after a few weeks, you'll mount um, this immune reaction. And if you have a good uh, level of antibody in your blood, then when you're, if you're exposed to the virus, it can't, uh, it can't uh, engage in a productive infection, so it's just destroyed right up, right up front. Wait, 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 wait. So, okay, let's make sure I understand. A vaccine has pieces of the coating of the virus, which can't actually hurt you because it's just the outside coating. And once that vaccine with the coating gets into the body, the body then releases the antibodies in response to that? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. And once that happens, those antibodies that are now floating around, they attach to the outside of the virus and keep the virus from attaching to the outside of our body's actual cells, right? Right. Wow, that's incredible. It is, and a direct result of the development of biotechnology. When it comes to the COVID-19 crisis, biotechnology is essential to treat and eventually eradicate the virus. It can even help keep us safe while we wait for a vaccine. IR thermometers? That's biotech. Face masks? Biotech. COVID test kits? Hardcore biotech. Clearly, biotechnology has already proven to be a critical tool in this coronavirus battle. And we will continue to rely on these miraculous technological advances as we move forward. Special thanks to my uncle, Dr. Randy Sheckman, for taking the time to help me understand all of this information. Thank you to my Theo Jacob for helping me put this together. And thank you, Ms. Pfeiffer, for giving us such a wonderful class this year. And finally, thank you all for listening. We will see you on the next Biotech Tuesday.